0: of any of the stories we share, since we are not directly involved with these stories, at least not most of the time. Enjoy the show.
1: <laughs> this, this, this show is brought to you by Safety FM.
0: Today we have a safe. We have a special program: the safety rules for radicals. We talked about this every once in a while on the. We were just doing podcasts. Uh, We're going to talk about it today with the overheads. Uh, People call them overheads. Other people call them PowerPoints. Anyway, how's everybody doing out there? On this, the day before Thanksgiving, Uh, if I forget, happy Thanksgiving, everyone. And I hope to... uh, No, I hope everybody uh, makes it through there okay. And remember, uh, a lot of people have issues with these holidays. If you find yourself having issues, depression, anything like that, remember, there is help out there. Uh, Life is worth living. And uh, that's uh, what I'll say on that. Uh, The other thing is this. The... Stop sharing. Thanks for all, all of the wonderful feedback uh, that we uh, received uh, from uh, last night's program. It was the last Monday uh, Lund- Monday night's program on the Fall Sound? I guess we could call that Fall Sound. With uh, everything, so we're going to start right now. with... To start right now with safety rules for radicals we're going to do share a screen and uh go from there with our normal introduction for all of our special videos a little bit of an introduction to this whole thing with rules for radicals a lot of people are against me talking about uh these things a lot of my friends say well you know sol alinsky uh dedicated this book and we'll talk about who that was uh dedicated the book to Lucifer, the first radical, the devil. So, you know, should you, Jim, be really talking about the first radical, the devil, things of that nature? Uh, Well, I don't know what to tell you on this one. Back in the day when I was doing politics, uh, a lot that 10-year period, we had... <sighs> Now, I was a newbie. I wasn't really well versed in the political situation. And things started to happen where, uh, now, how do you discuss things to people in a rational ma- manner? And how do you do this? How do you do it? What's their game plan, the opponent, whatever that is? And I'll, I'll warn everybody, I might use the word enemy here because that's what the original text, uh, Rules for Radicals, uh, called everybody an enemy. Don't start thinking people as enemies, opponents, enemies, friends that you just met, friends that you don't know that they're your friends, whatever it is, Uh, going in, talking about people negatively doesn't really help leadership uh, skills. And uh, as I mentioned, you know, this could be a uh, part one to my intro to leadership, right? Right things so watch this and then you watch intro to leadership that's how i'm gonna market them or i'm maybe concatenate them together on this uh but what no what's the point here i know you go through these rules and, I, and and i came to realize that yeah there what was pol- used was using politics especially since 2009 with the tea party movement the rights started using them, and then uh, Donald Trump started to use a lot of them, but they were being used well before then. Who was Saul Alinsky? Saul Alinsky was a community organizer from Chicago, and uh, you could go and Google him and everything else. His life story is pretty interesting, but what happened was you had, in 1968 the Democratic National Convention in Chicago, and If we recall from our history books, the Chicago uh, folks uh, were – no, in Chicago and throughout the country, every major city, you had a lot of social upheaval in in this country. We had tons and tons and tons of social upheaval. And a lot of radicals, and you can call them whatever you want. It's irrelevant, not germane to this discussion. They – started a riot in 1968. And what happened was, uh, at the Democratic National Convention, and Saul Alinsky went out there and said, look, this is not the way. This is not the way. Going out there, starting riots, being violent and everything else, you have to use other means, other methods, less violent, easier to deal with people and everything else. And he came out with the book Rules for Radicals. And it's in this book says a lot, but we talk about the radical, the thirteen rules. I think there are in here, right? And apply them. After a couple of years of reading this, once I found out about this stuff, I've determined that a lot of these strategies are being used by the workforce, especially if you have a well-organized workforce. And I'm, I'm not necessarily talking about unions because obviously this stuff is you know, often used was, uh, when the union shop. But it's you know like human organizational performance is broad-based. If you want to cause change, right, you can You use these. Yeah, the answer is yeah, but Again, optimism, right, antagonizing people if you're a safety person is not always the best thing for you to do. However, you have to understand that some of these strategies are used against you, can be, and maybe you can develop other strategies to deal with them, and there are many different resources we'll be going to uh, with them uh, as we go along in the future here with other shows other programs or you? how can you manage things but uh, without any further commentary, oh by the way uh, Secretary or Senator, I don't know what she prefers, Hillary Clinton had written her senior uh, thesis on these documents on uh, uh, Rules for Radicals and on Saul Alinsky uh, when she was in undergraduate school and Pretty interesting read. If you can get a hold of it, it was on an embargo. Uh, and other political leaders out of Chicago used these rules. One of them was Bill Ayers. Number one, and another one became president of the United States, uh, President Barack Obama. And there are a lot of different movements came out of Chicago that use a lot of these elements. One of them being uh, a certain denomination, Lutheranism. Uh, adopt a lot of these uh, techniques and things of that nature with this, uh, some in a positive way and some in a not-so-positive way. So this is something uh, we're going to talk about, and you may recognize some of them. And the first time I presented these things was at my OSHA Outreach Refresher. I believe it was for General Industry uh, in 1990. I'm sorry. Where did that come from? 2020, uh, where we had a uh, uh, and it was just stunned silence like mic drop sort of territory because we were people like, yeah, that's what we have to deal with. And in some ways, it's gotten worse since COVID, some ways better uh, depending on where you're, uh, what your situation is. So let's uh, fire up the uh, overheads and uh, we'll go from there. And let's do this so you can I can actually see myself. There we go. Safety rules for radicals. Uh, Jim puzzle. Okay, so these are a lot of our challenges here that we have uh, to deal with. And we mentioned here Saul Alinsky is now used by political offers to change culture. It could also be used to change corporate culture one way or the other, right, and also used to prevent change. So if you're a safety professional or other professional and you're going to try to institute some type of a change, a lot of this stuff is what you may deal with. So why are safety people hired? Did we ever ask that question? Why are we hired? Corporate stewardship. There may be some type of altruism in the company. Contract requirements, especially if you're in construction or maintenance, if you're an outside maintenance uh, contractor. A regulatory or, reg- or insurance burdens require a full-time person to manage safety compliance. Some insurance comp- Some companies I deal with there, it's an insurance requirement they have. A corporate safety director. Uh, a visit from OSHA or other regulatory situation. we now we that's something we we do here, where we act as acting uh, uh, safety directors for a period of time until they get a more permanent person in there. This is my experience because the company must. Real simple. There is some situation they must do it, and begrudgingly a lot of times. Often safety issues are this, and this is again controversial, human resources issues that HR will not manage. None could be better than the whole COVID compliance thing, where things were dumped onto safety people and in safety consultants, and all the antagonism from the other side was. So, one of the problems with the rules for radicals is an us-versus-them mentality. But, They can be used negatively and positively, all of these things. And knowing what you're up against gives you an opportunity to plan things out. Nothing is better than planning things out with any of this stuff. Rule number one. Power is not only what you have, but what the enemy, and I I use enemy or your opponent, I use the original language sometimes, The enemy thinks you have power is not only what you have, but what the enemy thinks you have. Uh, So, again, don't give out all your information on this. This is self explanatory up to a point. If they think that you're all powerful, right? Hey, guess what? They're not going to necessarily uh, uh, mess with you. On the other hand, Let's say you go into a facility. Uh, you get hired, go into a facility. It could be a contractor. It could be a direct hire. And they bring someone out there that says, hey, uh, you don't rock the boat here. No, I am so-and-so, right? I am, you know, you can name the person, whatever you want. I have worked here a long time. I know what's going on. I am, and insert your favorite relationship or association. I am the owners, brothers, sisters, uh, you know, cousins, best friend, twice removed, you know. And I know everything. And leave me alone, and don't rock the boat, or I'm going to make trouble for you. And what happens? You can't do your job. You later find out that the person is usually full of it. Usually full of it. And they're, you're that's the person why the, the person that they hired that you, the reason why they hired you to manage this person. It's happened more than one time to me with this. Right. And rules number two and three could be combined. Never go outside of the expertise of your people. Whenever possible, go outside the expertise of the enemy. How does this break down? It's an old-fashioned game of distraction. So, if you're me- in a meeting about a safety issue, or even having a conversation with someone, you have to expect the Chewbacca defense. What's the Chewbacca defense? From South Park, 1998, Sheffield. The Chewbacca defense is a strategy where a criminal defense lawyer tries to confuse the jury rather than refute the case of the prosecutor. It's an intentional distraction or obfuscation. Well, what do you mean, Jim? How does this work out? Okay, you find out that... You find out... I I took out a, a, a... a uh, slide there, so I was just making sure it was taken out. I have a problem with you with a forklift here. Did you do the inspection on that forklift? And it's like, of course I did the inspection on that forklift. What are you talking about? Well, do you have the paperwork? What are you bothering me for? You gotta talk to Frank up on the third floor, man. He has this problem, this problem, this problem. Or Yeah, You know, and then you go up to the third floor looking for Frank, and there is nobody named Frank, or Frank is doing something else, and it's not true. Distraction, confusion, gaslighting. All of this stuff goes into it, right, with that, where you try to confuse the thing, where you have, uh, you know, maybe it's more than one person talking to someone on a safety issue, and they try to confuse the whole thing. the whole thing. They try to confuse you, they try to confuse this, a confuse this issue, distract it's just a game of distraction with that. The other thing is this. If I'm gonna go back one here, right? Never go outside the expertise of your own people. If you don't know something, you don't know period. What it is. Just that what I I don't know, I gotta check that out. You're better off saying that rather than going out and saying things that you could be refuted on. And here you go. Whenever possible, go outside the expertise of the enemy. Meaning, Hey, and they want to confuse. Hey, that's one way of distracting you going where another way is, well, no, i you're talking about one thing Then they say, well, no, we know all about X, Y, and Z. Well, how do you come back That uh, We're going to try to go outside your expertise to make you look like a fool. Well, well, what happens? We've developed a strategy for this, and thanks, for, uh, thanks to the Conflict Conference. A couple of months ago, back in September, we said, now it's, well, tell me more. Explain to you. Explain. This way you're working with the person. It's non-confrontational. You're working with the person. Next one, the rule book. Make the enemy live up to its own book of rules. What does this mean? Don't make a rule that you can't enforce or don't plan to follow yourself or is dumb. Just plain dumb. Or makes things more dangerous. Right? Or is, you know, things along those lines. Don't do it. So many different examples here with that. If you have a hard hat requirement, wear the hard hat. Safety glass requirement, wear the safety glasses. That That is one of the big things where we have, especially in the emergency response field, we have a lot of folks out there that go out, oh, uh, and they don't run out without their PPE on. Maybe putting themselves at a risk. Maybe becoming part of the problem. Maybe rushing in. That sort of thing. That's something you don't want to do. If you're going to make a rule, make a rule that you could follow. Ridicule is man's most important weapon. I think that stands to say for itself, right? You can't argue with ridicule. Ridicule, very difficult. There are certain strategies, but ridicule, there's not too much you can do about that, especially if there's some humor or dark humor thrown in ridicule. And with the ridicule, no, don't, don't take yourself too seriously. Is what I tell people. People ridicule, yeah, yeah, you know, you laugh it off. with you know, ha ha ha. The worst thing that you can do is go and argue with the person, tit for tat. Don't get upset. It's only going to bring out more the ridicule you. Get the leadership on board with safety all the time. When the workforce leadership likes you, right, this usually stops. That goes into part two of this, which is introduction to safety, leadership. Our previous video, we'll, we'll put these together probably. So when the workforce leadership likes you, try to get the leadership involved with you. Because I've had... And half of where people were ridiculing me for whatever reason. One of them was a glove issue uh, on a site where they didn't want to wear gloves and they had a 100% hand protection policy. Well, guess what happened? The shop steward said, Knock it off, guys. Just doing his job. That's it. Guess what? It stops the ridicule, at least in front of you. A good tactic is one your people enjoy. It's one of the things. If you're doing something out there, people uh, and people enjoy it, that's good. But on the other hand, if they're doing something that they enjoy against you or the organization, they're going to continue to do it. Just the way it is, folks. All right? A tactic that drags on too long becomes a drag. All right. This is one of the ones you can use too. oh. Uh, for or against you. Right. A good tactic is one your people enjoy. Well, guess what? If people like doing an activity, continue to do it. they like doing it. Safety activity or something. Hey, we enjoy doing this. We're going to do it this way. It happens. That could be anything. So, for example, we uh, have uh, with my work crews and I'm managing a project. Jim, uh, what do you want to talk? What are you going to what's your schedule on safety meetings? Well, what would you like to talk about on safety meetings? And then it's like, now you're involving them. Well, hey, give me a topic. Put it out there. You may not get an answer you like, but guess what? If you're involving people with topics of her safety meetings, they enjoy it. You come up with them, you work hard, and you prove that you're not wasting their time with meetings, and they're, they're going to enjoy it. Maybe it's a, a no when you reach a milestone in the project, get everybody pizza out of your safety budget. That sort of thing. Good tactic. On the other hand, if they uh, know they like using a tactic against you, they're going to continue to do it. Now, something that you, you have to realize, too, a tactic that drags on too long becomes a drag. It becomes a uh, parody of itself. A parody, meaning a, dr- a joke, makes it look ridiculous. So, again, freshen things up from time to time. That's where a lot of manufacturing things happen. Right, so learn the activity that the workforce enjoys is easy to do, hopefully it's cheap, and give some results that you need. Uh, you want to help get those safety statistics? Find out what they enjoy doing. Give them a little incentive, maybe, for real legitimate stuff. The opposite gives a lot of opposite results. Nothing is more than a drag using an old safety program that doesn't work. is stale. Word the workforce cannot relate to. A problem workforce will continue to do things to circumvent your efforts that they enjoy. Number eight, keep the pressure on. Once they find your weak spot, people will find your weak spot. They will focus on it and undermine you. So avoid oversharing what you like or you don't like. Right? So when they find your weak spot, they will focus on and un- undermine you. But they're, no, they'll find your weak spot, they'll uh, find your weakness, they'll find what you don't like, and then they'll undermine you. Being successful and filling in the gaps in your knowledge, there's uh, again, if you have a weak spot, you got to know how to fix it, whether it's personality wise, whether it's knowledge wise, leadership wise. Anything. And the other thing you can do, you can include them in discussions, especially if they're a subject matter expert or they think they are a subject matter expert. Look to that workforce for the solution to what they're doing. Try to get them on your side. You know, realize, hey, this is my weak area. Say, hey, uh, go up to your friend, Frank. Hey, Frank, hey, maybe we could go over there and uh, you can help me out with this. All of a sudden when you put them in a hey, this is my weakest one, maybe now they could do that. We could get, get this. You try not to go for outside help like your boss and do Tattle tattletale unless they're doing something illegal, obviously. Uh, include them in discussions. Rule number nine. The threat, and I believe this is in the introduction here, the threat is usually more terrifying than the result. So your imagination is your work worst enemy. Don't let your imagination run wild with any of this stuff that we're talking about here. Don't let your imagination run wild. Uh, Again, a lot of tragedies happen out there. That's, and then people get into this. What if thinking they get nervous? Well, what's the worst thing that could happen? Well, as safety people, sometimes we have to talk about what's the worst thing that could happen, a fatal flaw analysis, tabletop exercise, emergency action plan, all of that stuff we have to get involved with, right? We have to think about it. But then you have to compartmentalize that, get it out of your mind. Don't let your imagination run wild. to Get away from that what-if thinking. Your imagination is your own worst enemy. You keep, uh, oh, well, then this is going to have to – well, guess what? I learned. It took a long time. Someone threatens you. Okay, they threaten you. Oh, this is going to happen. Okay, well, this is going to happen. Usually, again, you're, the threat's worse than what it actually is. Sometimes you have to take the URLs. Jim, you got to do this or else. Okay, well, I'll take the URLs. How's that? Throw them off. The major premise for taxes is the development of operations that will maintain a constant pressure on the opposition. comes in many forms, keeping pressure on you. All the problem issues come to you the same day. We often attribute that to consequences. Sometimes it is. A lot of times these accidents, we know... Uh, our human and organizational performance studies that a lot of times the accidents happen at random. Things may come in trends, especially, you know, if you've ever played crafts or roulette, you know, trends. All right. But when it starts happening regularly, where all the problems come to you at the same time, you got to say, hmm, is that really? No, was this coordinated? Is there, dare I say, none dare call it Conspiracy. It happens. I've had this happen multiple times to me, especially when I had a corporate job. That's a a very dysfunctional group. Contact you on days off for non-urgent issues. Has that ever happened to you? Keeping that pressure on? You're on vacation, on a beach? They contact you on days off for non-urgent issues. How about change paperwork, lose paperwork? Got a misspelling there, right? Lose paperwork, then blame you. Uh, the advent of what are called computer scanners and smartphones have pretty much eliminated most of this stuff. Again, I keep a pressure on you. Hey, I need that. I need that. I need that. I need this. I need this. How many times do I get called up? Uh, I don't have that certification. I have an email. i send you a certification. We did the training I'll send you a certification? Well, I don't have it. I can't find it. Well, maybe you can't find it is one thing, but don't tell me you didn't get it. And how about changing paperwork? Don't they give you old checklists? All right. And then, of course, blaming to you. We all know blame fixes nothing. What do you you know, and then it puts you on the defensive. That may be your uh, that may be your uh, weak point. Putting you on the defensive and you get defensive. It's something you got to break out of. Steel resources can be something as simple as a dry erase marker for a presentation to taking equipment. As I always, uh, no, I had a good conversation with Jay Allen and uh, Tom Conklin, right? Every time. And I got this from my wife. who's an event to meeting, event to meeting planner. What you try to do is if you're uh, depending on the venue you're in, always bring your own equipment. How's that? Always bring your own dry erase markers. I always bring a dry erase marker board. My own uh, uh, projector, my own screen, my own sound system. I bring everything myself. It's like, Jim, why are you that paranoid? Mm, I wouldn't call it paranoia. What I would call it is we have things happen. How many times have I gone somewhere? For all, uh, at where hey, maybe a two or three day seminar or a class. Day one, everything is there. Day two, everything is missing. Again, uh, stuff doesn't work, deliberately or not. Again, building capacity into that system is what I'm talking about. General sabotage. take, take your pick. Many many different ways of sabotaging people. Rule number eleven. If you push a negative hard and deep enough, it will break through into its counter side. So make a negative into a positive. Keep a good cool head. Walking away is always an option. Right? So if you're going to uh, push and push and push, eventually you may win. And you got to be prepared for that, which comes up to number 12. Price of a successful attack is a constructive alternative. This this is in my opinion the main issue why we have all the political problems that we have when you go out there and you have and it, it could go left or right doesn't matter you go out there and you say hey oh these are our problems and you start to get angry people feel like hey this is finally a person that understands if you don't have a way of fixing the problems He's attempting to fix the problems, you're going to run into an issue here with all this stuff. Well, Jim, what do you mean? What do you mean? What do you mean? It's real simple. You have to have a solution, don't just criticize. How does this take form? You have, and I'll say, it, union organizer why do we have union organizers, and they're usually correct? Bad working conditions, and they'll get everything all angry and angry and angry and angry. They'll bring in the union, and then the union does—they never see the union again. That happens. I'm dealing with it. Uh, I, de- I dealt with it on a uh, uh, project that I was involved with in the last two years. With a politician, it's just as bad. We're gonna do this, Rita. This is what our problem is. Uh, and then, what's the solution? Don't give solutions. The other thing is this change your thinking from no, because. Can we do this? No, because, blah, blah, blah. To something like yes, if. Say yes. Find a way. Find a solution. Find a whatever. Rule number 13. Pick the target, freeze it, personalize it, and polarize it. So what are we talking about here? Dividing and conquering to old-fashioned bullying. Polarize it. We're going to uh, uh, concentrate all our angst on one person or two people. One group, the safety department, is going to get all of our ire. The other one is you can do is old-fashioned bullying. Half still happens. In some areas, my understanding is in Canada, it's illegal to do that at work, to bully people. There is some illegal stuff. Uh, My opinion, they're uh, fringing on free speech in some cases with that. So here's some other examples. They don't include you in meetings, or they don't tell you about meetings you should be at. Decisions are made, Opinions are given. You're not there to give uh, any feedback. How many times does that happen to safety professionals? It happens all the time. It's happened to me all the time, a lot, back in the day. Now it's along the lines of, well, uh, once you get some experience and credentials and things of that nature, it, does, it tends to less, to not happen as much. So now, hey, look, had I been included in the meeting, that we could maybe have come up with a different solution here. I would have saved you money. Or maybe did you... Well, I, I asked this all the time. Did you consider all of the possible things here? And then maybe there could be an easier way of doing this. If you included everybody. <laughs> again, more information does not make us stupider. More information. Right? And again, there. this often happens when... Employers are afraid of information. Not giving you the correct equipment that you need. You say, well, Jim, what what do you mean not giving you the correct equipment that you need? Let's say that you need some equipment to do a job. You're doing air sampling or air monitoring. They give you the wrong air sampling equipment, the wrong air monitoring equipment. Missing parts. You have to end up jury rigging everything with everything. Breaking equipment you need. Happens a lot. I uh, give the uh, story of an excavation cup uh, we were doing uh, where it was on a hazardous waste site. I had to do air monitoring. I get there. The contractor breaks all the air monitoring equipment. Therefore, I can't do air monitoring. Think they're going to stop the job? I said, look, this is the way it is. I can't do the air monitoring. I can't be confident first. We can't a- enter that safely. Well, we're going in there anyway. And then they give you the New Jersey salute. Unreasonable timeframes. I always ask, "What the time frame you want things are? You get an assignment, even in or for America. Hey, what? How's when's this supposed to happen? And you can. You, the other thing is, well, how? now what's our? What's your priority on here? How should I get it done? I, if I'm going to drop everything to do this, you know that not everything else is going to get done on here. My One of my favorites. Rushing an accident investigation. How about that? Not rush, uh, r- right? We have a week to determine whether something's recordable or not. It may take a week to do an accident investigation with that. Finalize things, get all the paperwork together. And guess what? Accident investigations. Oh, it should take six months to do an accident investigation. Show up to your facility again. That's there, that's what it is. Why are we in it such a rush? Bad, the rushed investigations read lead to rushed solutions that are unreasonable and may be wrong. Don't be in a rush with that. <laughs> I point this out to people don't be in a rush. <laughs> Examples, not giving you resources, time, or personnel to do the job. Well, safety is often, not all the time, but safety is often a overhead position. They don't generate money per se. They generate money by saving money, avoiding risk, insurance premiums, not spending money on accidents, things of that nature, but... What happens is you don't have money to have two safety professionals or three or four, whatever the number. So we're going to do get by with one. Another one. No professional training or development. This is one of the cardinal problems I see out there with safety professionals. We don't have enough time with uh, to do training, development, or anything like that. That means new knowledge. Maybe being better able to identify hazards. How many times do you think i it's come across? I've come across people. Yes, I'm the fall protection confident person assigned by the employer. Okay, where is your training for that? Oh, I learned it on the job. Okay, well, that can mean a lot of things. Who taught you? Why did you do it? Blah, 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 blah. Going into this. Only one time. In all these years, have I had a situation where someone was trained on the job by someone else correctly? For Safety Day, at one of my clients this year, when we were doing the uh, stand down for fall protection, we had people in there that largely learned on the job about fall protection, and they went to classes, and we were giving them information that they didn't know about. Like fall protection distances. That's critical information on that. How about inspection? Yesterday, I had an incident on a uh, on a project where they were using a sling that did not meet inspection criteria. We went into fall protection. They had fall protection that didn't meet inspection well, criteria and that it had no labels. And I said, look, According to the manufacturer and, this, and, and the checklist on that piece of equipment, there are no labels, no use. It's garbage. It's grooving out. way well, it is. Now, you're going to say, well, that's ridiculous, Jim. Well, not ridiculous. in the instruction manual. You want to be the person not following the instructions on equipment? Uh, not there. Here's another one. Not giving you a scope of work for a contract. That happens with uh, safety consultants often where they're not going to give you a scope of work. Ganging up on you. That's the next one. Colluding with others. So let, let me backtrack here. Not giving you a scope of work. What what does that lead? You don't do the job properly. Maybe you leave something out or you do something a little bit too much. You have to have a scope of work. Distracting you from your duties. We're not talking about the conversations we have that are job-related and things of that nature, but distracting you from their, your duties. You have a deadline to get something done. They, they come in and they talk and they distract you and everything else. That happens. In construction, doing work that they don't tell you about. There was a specific uh, activity on a project I was on. And the contractor came in after hours to do some demo work because had we done the demo work, with the air sampling, probably would have uh, exceeded site limits. So, uh, hey, Jimmy's in grad school that night. Guess what? We're going to go out there and do all our demo work. I come in the next morning, that job is already done. Major phase of work. Don't think it happens? It happens. What else we have? Probably the worst thing is blindsiding you. The worst thing. Surprising you with information... Or situations that you need to react to immediately, drop everything, that you didn't know about, that you didn't expect them to say, that was rude, meant to undermine you. Worst possible thing you can do. So here are some of our conclusions. Changing corporate safety culture does not happen overnight. So some of these things you can use, you can absolutely use, right, in managing people. And to make change. I don't recommend belittling people. <laughs> no, 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 no. But you can expect people wanting to change the culture or impeding your change in culture using those a lot of that stuff. A lot of this stuff. And understanding these rules not only help you manage difficult people and situations, but will ultimately save lives, which is why we're safety professionals. And if you want to check out our intro to safety leadership, that's our QR code for that. I'm going to leave it on there for a minute, and uh, that's what uh, we'll say just right there. And that's what I got for that. Rules for radicals. Let's do the stop sharing here. And uh, we're going to take a commercial break here, and we will be back.
1: with the safety pro Sam Goodman with the hop nerd Sheldon Primus with the safety consultant Jim Pozell with safety wars Emily Elrod with unapologetically bold
0: This is Safety Wars, broadcasting to our brothers and sisters in the occupied territory of behavior-based safety. Get out your secret decoder ring. Here is your nightly message.
2: Learning is vital. Learning is vital.
0: And one more. One more. Here, hold on. OSHA recordables, catastrophic losses, environmental disasters. You want answers? So do I. This is Jim Polzel with Safety Wars. That's my
2: daddy. Safety Wars is streaming now.
1: SafetyFM.com
0: All right, so I mentioned this on Monday night, but it's worth another mention. This is from The Hill, uh, Joe Jacquez. Uh, fried turkey, a Thanksgiving fire hazard for officials warned, right? Uh, $15 million damage we mentioned the other night caused every year from these turkey frying incidents. It's uh, mind-blowing on a certain level. So, uh, and of course, the article walks up on me here. But anyway, one of the big hazards is with these turkey uh, fryers. Right. And you may have it. there's one turkey is not thawed out all the way. They put it in there, water hits the uh, uh, hot grease. What happens? Uh, water in the uh, uh, the water in the ice in the turkey then goes, breaks down and disassociates into hydrogen and oxygen, two parts of the fire triangle. And what happens? and you have a massive explosion, you have all these bubbles coming up. All the steam coming up and it boils over. People get burned. And then, because you have an exposed flame on the bottom, the oil drips out, goes on the flame, and now you have a huge fire. It's a bad, bad, bad situation. So, you want to, if you're going to be using one of these, don't do what somebody in my neighborhood did uh, a number of years ago, where they did the turkey. It was a bad weather. They did the turkey frying in the garage of brand new construction it was a construction crew and they burned down the house that they just finished building. Yes. So you want to do this like out or whether you say 10 foot away from any, I wouldn't go 10 foot away from this. I'd go like 20 foot away and make sure you don't go so far away as to be away from a fire extinguisher or so far away from your own house. that you put your neighborhood and your neighbor in jeopardy because I could see that happening happening too. The uh, other thing is, this, don't overfill uh, these things with uh, oil. What they some people do is they fill them up with water, right? And they drop the turkey in the water. They figure out how much oil that they need in that, uh, based on the amount of oil, water that they had in there, and then you and then they figure it out from there, right? On that, that way they don't overfill it. Uh, just be careful with that. With all of this, I mean, it's a, it's a major issue. This is from Wall Street Journal, the opinion section from, uh, who is this? Uh, is this, uh, S letters to the editor is what it comes down here, down to here. This is in future review. I'm going to hit follow on here. Students discuss uh, why we don't trust st- science anymore. Students discuss the dwindling confidence in scientists since the start of the pandemic. Uh, boom, boom. So anyway, uh, why did why did people not uh, do this? Right here we go. This is from a person. Uh, I'm not gonna. I'm gonna leave the names out here. I don't know if these people want to be outed uh, on this show. Before the pandemic, Americans saw scientists as as nearly infallible brainiacs who achieved superhuman feats of innovation that pushed society forward. When members of the public thought the scientific community uh, they liked, likely imagined researchers in goggles and long white coats inspecting microscopes in futuristic laboratories, armed with resources bestowed by university endowments and federal grants, and powered by lifetimes of study. This picture shattered when science became synonymous with ideological heavy handedness. Suddenly, in March 2020, science was thrust in, onto the national stage. Science, they said, is why healthy children and young adults must stay locked in their homes. Science, they said, is why you must mask and double mask. Science is why a person must quarantine for two weeks following COVID diagnosis, or maybe it's 10 days. This is all quote, right, verbatim. It's no wonder that the percentage of Americans with a great deal of confidence in scientists has dropped 16%. From 2020 to 2023, the supposed science was thrust on the American public. Despite scientists' claims of certainty and terrible consequences, if they were obeyed, each order was followed by a contradictory order. While the public lived in desperation, scientists and bureaucrats felt no need to explain, no need to apologize. For the public to forgive them now, they must first offer a public apology, and that is from a student in a uh, University of Colorado in Boulder again, and it goes on and on and on. I had mentioned this on uh, Safety nights, and everyone said, oh, the uh, we have not lost any credibility as safety professionals. You're nuts, Jim. Blah, 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 blah. Guess Denzel. what? Guess what? Uh, again, this undermines that on here. With the uh, loss in uh, science in the... Uh, <coughs> In the uh, uh, thing, I'm going to go to commercial break uh, right now. Uh, We had something come up on the phone and uh, we're going to go there now. Hold on.
2: In a world where danger lurks in every corner, one man stands as a beacon of hope. Jim Polzel, a veteran safety expert with over three decades of experience, now bringing his knowledge to you with Safety Wars. Engaging, informative, and always relevant, that's Safety Wars. Join the safety revolution with Safety Wars, available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts and videos.
0: Sorry about it, about that. We had a issue here. We're pre-recording this, and uh, we had issues come up. Anyway, uh, no, it's pretty, I don't know. People were saying, oh, Jim, uh, you know, I don't know what you're talking about. Guess what? We're undermined. And what's my response to that? Better leadership. There are ways of handling this stuff. Uncertainty. My opinion is, is that they had... People go out there for 30 minutes uh, one night and say, look, this is what we are. And, and be up for up front right and forward with everybody. This is what we're dealing with here. Didn't have to be someone like me, but the CDC has many people like me in there. Well, but there's one safety wars. Let's face it. But uh, with that, uh, the other thing is this with the. Uh, with the. uh, uh There's other issues out there. Global warming. We did a whole series here on the uncertainties that they have in the global warming stuff back in February of uh, this year with our on our podcast. I don't have videos there with Ward Moncton uh, was one of them and Lord Christopher Moncton and others on the uncertainties. We hear about these uncertainties and we hear about consensus again with the COVID stuff. There is consensus on that also. How did that work out for us? Okay. Um, I went through study finds today, and let me finish up with some of this stuff. Social media nostalgia. This is a study from study finds. Social media nostalgia. Ten years of research finds people to see content that triggers memories. And this is uh, the ever-evolving landscape of social media has not only transformed the way we communicate, but has also given rise to a deep sense of nostalgia Desire to preserve our memories. Researchers from the University of Gothenburg and University West in Sweden followed 11 active social media users over the course of a decade, offering a unique perspective on how these platforms have been used to document and share life experiences. Again, we get memories coming across Facebook and some of these other stuff. Especially now, uh, when I've had uh, the recent uh, deaths "That's My Family," uh, you know, it's you no know, these memories come up. Sometimes they're painful with this. Uh, incredible, All right? Earth receives a historic laser beam signal from 10 million uh, miles away. Uh, this is from Pasadena, California. This uh, gives a whole new meaning to ET Phone Home. and a seminal achievement, NASA's Deep Space optical Communications Experiment, DSOC has marked a major milestone in achieving first flight. The experiment had successfully sent data via laser to and from a location nearly 10 million miles away, which is approximately 40 times further farther than the distance between the moon and the sun. This represents the farthest ever demonstration of optical communications. Well, that's great. We need that basic science. Uh, going on something else. And I'm gonna have to need, need some sound effects on here. All right. Eating red meat and consuming dairy might aid in cancer prevention, a surprising new study reveals. Researchers found that trans-vaccenic acid, TVA, a fatty acid in beef, lamb, and dairy enhances the ability of immune c- cells to combat tumors. This study also indicates that higher TVA levels in the blood correlate with better responses to immunotherapy, proposing TVA as a potential nutritional subject to augment cancer treatments. Okay, great. Great news on that. Okay. Uh, We're coming up on... Right up to the hour here. Uh, Going through space may lead to... Dysfunction. Study explains. Space may be the final frontier, but it may also be a highway to... Dysfunction for future astronauts. A new study finds male astronauts may face challenges with performance after returning to Earth due to the effects of cosmic radiation and weightlessness. Researchers from Florida State University investigated whether space travel adversely impacts vascular tissues critical for preventing dysfunction. Their research, which involved experiments on rats, Indicates that even relatively low doses of galactic cosmic radiation and to a lesser extent, simulated weightlessness could result in long term ah! issues. The findings point to increased oxidative stress as the primary culvert behind these ah! pro- problems. However, the study also presents a silver lining. Treatments with various anti- antioxidants may mitigate some of these adverse effects. With manned missions to outer space planned for the coming years, this work indicates that health should be closely monitored in astronauts upon their return to Earth. I don't know. I kind of, you know, my thinking on this, I kind of, like, think that they already did some research here. I, I could be wrong. I don't understand why they wouldn't do research, but anyway. Uh... Now, I don't know. Anyway, happy Thanksgiving. Uh, we'll see you back here on we uh, maybe tomorrow, for all I know. I may, uh maybe Friday. So for uh for Safety Wars and uh, the Safety FM family, if I could speak on their behalf, happy Thanksgiving. Uh, if you're in the United States, and I will uh, see you back here for our next Safety Wars. <laughs> Hold on (gunshot) and...